is up, you filthy pay pigs? It's your host, Charles Somerville, joined again by my sister, Mistress Katie. What did you call them? Filthy pay pigs. Pay pigs? Are we are we getting paid now? We're not getting paid now. No, do you I didn't think so. Do you not know what a pay pig is? What is a pay pig? A pay pig is someone who exchanges uh, money for uh, being dominated. Oh. Oh. Yeah. We're dominating well, well, then. well then, I didn't know this term, but I'm happy I've learned it. Charlie, <laughs> who who the hell am I kidding? I have, if I do nothing else, I radiate nothing but bottom vibes. Nothing but bottom Very vibes. True. I'm so like I I could pretend like I'm sometimes I'm a power bottom, but it no. No. I was in, I was informed earlier today that uh <laughs> or earlier this week I give off massive stay at home daddy vibes. <laughs> Cause I'm 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 hairy, I'm in shape, but I will cook you food. You kind of resembles a character from like the Dream Daddy games, actually. Right. And speaking uh, of video games, Charlie, first of all, what's the show called? You want to keep that intro? Absolutely. Vision. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the actual show, my little murderists. Welcome to another episode of It's Kind of Spooky. Uh, we're covering horror video games, the entire genre, the subgenres, their historical implications, how they're played. I can't speak. I'm a little drunk. Uh, let's get into it. I, I, this is a topic I didn't realize I knew so much about until I sat down and tried to write an outline and then suddenly a page and a half later I was like, hmm, I've absorbed things by sitting on the couch while Nathan's perusing YouTube. Because, full disclosure, I cannot play most video games. I have fun little mini, like, micro seizures uh, when I play, like, three, um, or third person or first person games for too long with the graphics and the changing of the camera motion and stuff like that it really just fucks me up with a few exceptions um but generally i can't really play the games so what i do is i watch other people play the games either watching nathan or watching sometimes even charlie or watching let's plays because then i can look away from the screen when i'm starting to feel horrifically dizzy so you, know what you would really like them as far as horror games go, you'd really like the uh, 2D scroller horror games, like uh, Clock Tower, uh, like the first two of those, I think mm-hmm. you'd really like, because uh, they're point and clicks. Yeah, uh, I like the Clock Tower. I like, um, oh, and I didn't put it on here because my research was mostly into, like, survival horror specifically, but, um, oh, what is the name of the... It's a little side schooler ish kind of game. Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I totally I don't know even how to describe it. But it's all in like black and white, and you're a little person, like a a little guy, and the world around you is like super big, and you're trying to oh, sneak I around. Know what you're talking about, I um, I don't remember. I what don't it's know called. the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. I, Please, I cut this out. Please cut this out. Please cut this out. I will. I will. I know. I, I I English failed me i don't well uh, and hmm what about that charlie 
Indeed. I'm so sorry. Mm. I'm radiating the most chaotic energy right now. We were talking about opening up a uh, witch or a cult themed bakery slash bookstore and coffee shop. I want it so bad. Mm -hmm. I want it so bad. But yeah. But also at the same time, if I had the ability to do anything, I don't think I would pick going back to the service industry. If I'm being totally realistic, well, I feel like if you're if you're a baker and you own your own thing, I feel like it's slightly different than the kind of food industry that we worked in. That's we true. Worked, I can just like fucking eat fry, people. Yeah, we both worked as fry cooks. You own the company, and if you have a customer who's being an ass, you can just be like deuces. Uh, yeah. So like, yeah. None of this has anything to do with the page and a half of research I did. Okay, um, so. It's fine. I'd like um, to point out the episodes that I uh, I outlined were much more controlled and streamlined. I'm, I only got the outline done because of the chaotic energy. Okay? <laughs> okay? Um, so, and the one episode I outlined before this, we lost. That's so true. So they'll never, they'll never get to hear about Mercy Brown until we turn around and do an episode about Mercy Brown on the old outline I did, but it's fine. Um, so survival horror is a subgenre of video games that puts the emphasis on the survival of your character. It's dropping the character into a threatening situation via horrific graphics and ambiance and atmosphere, and then basically putting them in this horror movie scenario where they get to act out what they want the character to do instead of just screaming it at the screen no don't go in the basement grab the knife hide you know so it's um and there are actually games on this list that i'm going to talk about that are glorified interactive films rather Mm. than a game necessarily here's looking at you until dawn um yeah okay here's my thing until dawn though is until dawn your decisions do kind of matter Oh, the decisions matter. It's just, it's not but, a game. Yeah, there's not a lot, like, you're not, it's not Resident Evil, it's not uh, Silent Hill, but it's still interesting to watch, and it's interesting to play oh. with your friends, but only, like, the first time through, to be honest. Yeah, when you know the end. Yeah, when like... you, once you know what the bad ending is, uh, a lot of it, because the way I played it was I saved before I thought I was getting into some shit. Fucking so, cheater. So I would... <laughs> Well, no, I played out one entire thing, went back to all my different save files, and mm-hmm. made different decisions, and I got all the endings. But I'm also neurotic like that. Anyway, we would not get to Until Dawn without some of these early games that I wanted to talk about first. Um, but the important thing about the survival horror genre is um, that it it is the interactive horror experience. I get a lot more scare personally out of watching a horror gameplay through than I do out of most actual horror movies and if Nathan were here he would tell you easily a dozen stories about times I've punched myself in the face recoiling in terror from watching a let's play um (laughs) it happens a lot thank you Markiplier um just sheer terror and then I'm punching myself in the eye um, it's a good time. I don't get that reaction from watching a horror movie. If I watched a horror movie with the exact same type of scare, I would probably not recoil in fear. It wouldn't be as, as visceral or real because I'm not in the mindset of being that character. I'm just yeah. watching that character. A lot of it has to do with that immersion. And a mm-hmm. lot of horror movies are really hard to get that immersion on. 
because yeah, the, you have that ability to separate yourself from that character because you're not you're mm -hmm. not moving that character around you're not making them pick up that item uh, and that's kind of where like cutscenes in these games kind of fuck with me a little bit yeah because um, it's like yoink remember this isn't real especially like in get in games that have guns because I am such a ammo con like conservationist in Resident Evil that is headshots for days. So when Jill or uh, Jill starts missing headshots, I'm like, I, I taught you better. I taught you yeah. so much better than this. Yeah. So speaking of Resident Evil, Resident Evil is the first game where the term survival horror was actually used. It was used to refer to the Resident Evil game that came out in 1996. And it's kind of been applied retroactively to the games that came before it and kind of formed the genre. Kind of like, I wouldn't call Led Zeppelin metal necessarily, but it definitely heavily influenced the bands that would go on to be legitimate metal. So Resident Evil uh, comes along in 96, but before that, I found an interesting example called Nostromo. This name sound familiar? Okay, so I've I heard about it. I haven't seen any gameplay of it. Okay. Uh, I'm Do you know what it is? Name. No, not really. Okay. Nostromo is named after the ship from Alien because it's basically an alien video game. It's one of the earliest examples of something that we would call a survival horror game. And it's based on the 1979 classic science fiction horror film Alien. Um, it was... Also inspired by an existing Japanese game that relied heavily on um, stealth um, called, I'm going to murder this, uh, Manbiki Shonen. Man Shonen. Yes, which is uh, translates to shoplifting boy. Um, yeah, and Shonen is usually a young boy in uh, Manabiki. So it's, it's those two concepts of Alien and that game and its mechanics kind of smushed together. Um, and it was made by a Japanese college student and published in 81, so two years after the Alien game, or the Alien movie. Um, and it centered around a player attempting to flee their spaceship, the Nostromo, uh, while avoiding an invisible alien who would suddenly appear in front of the player. Keep that in mind, because when we get to more modern games, I'm going to talk about one of my all-time favorite survival games, which is literally the same thing, but new. So uh, keep that just nugget in the back of your head. Um, so we have Nostromo, <laughs> nugget, in 81. And yeah, then there's kind of a gap. There's not really a lot. There's a lot of experimentation happening in video games in the 80s. Um, but not anything that really just screams crazy horror. Like this for sure is a horror survival game. Until we get to 89. What? Castlevania. When was the first Castlevania game? I want to say Castlevania came out in the 80s. Okay. Well, so but the, the, you get Castlevania, but that's really an Granted, action game. It's more like a, game. It's an adventure. Yeah, you know what I'll let you know. Yeah, Castlevania is an action game, or, or the, the 80s Castlevania is an action game with a Halloween skin on it. Um, but, which is not to say I don't love it, because you know my feelings about Castlevania. Then in 89 comes along a game called Sweet Home. It was released by Capcom and it was based on the Japanese horror film of the same name. It's basically about a group of filmmakers who get stuck inside a haunted mansion because of course they do. This is a trope you and I have yeah, talked so about. It like. remember, horror movie tropes apply to horror uh, survival games and horror games as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like 
A horror mm-hmm. trope says a horror trope is a horror trope. Yeah. So uh, these filmmakers go to a haunted mansion because, of course, they do. And then chaos ensues. There's ghosts. There's monsters to slay and things like this. It's directed by Tukuro Fujiwara. Fujiwara. And mom and dad said Uh, my anime addiction would never pay off. Uh, who he had previously worked on Ghosts and Goblins in 85. Ghosts and Goblins, like Castlevania, I would argue is an example of it's an action game with the Halloween skin, but I do have a special place in my heart for Ghosts and Goblins because it's one yeah. of the hardest games ever. Yeah. Like, it's, ever. It is like Dark was, Souls levels of fucking rage quit. I was just about to say that. It's like Dark Souls, um, but 2D, side-scrolly, and... Um, it is so up my alley as far as a game I can play. I sank like three hours into it one afternoon with Nathan and I almost like cried from frustration, but I was having the time of my life. So Ghosts of Goblins is the pedigree from which the Sweet Home game comes from. And You're an emotional um, masochist. That just uh-huh. fucking hit me. Dude. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> Ghosts of Goblins super fun and the guy who made that turns around and he makes a sweet home game and that movie or that game plays a part in inspiring resident evil but there's a missing ingredient still and that is 1992's alone in the dark which is set in 1920s louisiana and again we're dropping the player into a haunted mansion and giving them puzzles to solve and monsters to slay and it's the mechanics I want to huh? play that game. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't heard of Alone in the Dark. It's, um, I believe, actually, Alone in the Dark, I think, is available in the PlayStation Store. Hey, I think audience, there's a, like a remaster or something. Audience, if you'd be interested in uh, us doing a live stream on like, Twitch of playing horror games, let us know. I'll play the fuck out of Alone in the Dark. And I've already explained how I give good reaction. I give good face. So, that sounds um, so bad. Like, I don't, I don't um, like any of that. How much Drag Race have you ever watched? Okay. She gives good face. It's pure fish. You guys can't see it, but Charlie was just straight up just Z-snapping at me and giving me all sorts of head wobble because he's my Drag Race watching buddy. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so Alone in the Dark introduces the puzzle mechanic and a couple of other, like, actual gameplay mechanics. And together with... Alone in the Dark and Sweet Home, we get Resident Evil in 96. Like, those are the big influences on it. But before we get to them, you mentioned the Clock Tower games. So the Clock Tower games are my favorite brand of chaos. So the first two, pretty attached. Like, the rest of them, not so much. But they are my favorite kind of chaos. Um, I'm not going to tell you what happens in them that much. Um... Mostly because, like, yeah. it is... Is he out there? Well, you can nuts. read the little blurb about so, what they're uh, about. But... So, Clock Tower is a point and click about a serial killer named Scissor Man. Scissor Man stands about three foot five, but he cuts you off of the knee, uh, who stalks the player character around. Um, and it came out in 1995. Uh, I put an emphasis on stealth and wit, because the player is unable to find... Okay, man, I have beef with this fucking description. I played fucking clock tower it's not stealth and wit it's trial and error like a son of a bitch it is almost impossible to find some of these fucking things i and you play an orphan girl who has like you're one of those who get fucking adopted by this rich ass family so you know you're getting sacrificed to something off the jump because witch right people don't do shit for free 
Yeah, have you ever seen Suspiria? God. Right? <laughs> okay. Sorry. Well, uh. so, so what I meant when I said you're unable to fight back and it's stealth and wit is that's kind of the idea. It's not the execution. It's but the idea wrong. is, hey, what makes... It's a game, right? It's interactive. But how do you give the player a sense of lack of control and helplessness that would contribute to their fear? On the third huh. one, you actually get that get because, like, you have a mechanic in it that lets you actually fight back, and it's pretty. It's a cool mechanic on how they implemented it. Uh, mm -hmm. Check it out if you're not familiar with it. We made you an entire thing on Clockwork or Clock Tower. Let's move on to the Majesty that graced the world in the year of our Lord, 1996. You're just saying that because it's the same age as you. Yeah. So in so 1996, this is how time works for me. BC, AC. Before and after Charlie. Yeah. So I'm actually from the year 2 AC. Or, mm -hmm. so, sorry, 2 BC. 2 BC. So I'm, okay. And that fucks with Is this why you think everything happened in 1965? My because you don't do numbers? <laughs> well, that and the four concussions. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, you're a regular Benoit. Um, anyway, so 1966, uh, or 1966, you fucked me up, Charlie. Uh, 1996 <laughs> gives us Charlie in all of his horrific glory and Resident Evil, Kicking which and screaming is and almost murdering our mother. Yeah, almost. Um, Resident Evil, though, Charlie, mm -hmm. go in, do so, your thing. Resident Evil holds a special place in my heart. Um, I love these fucking games. From their horror survival roots to their schlocky action games where Chris Redfield starts punching fucking boulders. <laughs> I shit. have a note about that later in the outline. I'm so and happy you brought it up. <laughs> double fisting railguns to kill shit to their now getting back to their roots with biohazard horror survival shit. Uh, so Resident Evil, the original, so Resident Evil 1, uh, is focused on the STARS team as they re uh, respond to a incident at a mansion in the hills of Raccoon City uh, that is owned by the, com the Umbrella Company. Raccoon City was not as cuddly and welcoming as I always thought it needed to be. Oh, yeah. Resident Evil 2 gets into that. because so you have Chief Irons, who's the police chief, who is a, a, a serial killer lit so it was in, sorry so the game was heavily inspired by his predecessors particularly sweet home and alone in the dark basically became the standard for horror survival and it, it kind of stayed like that for a while like um jesus christ what's the name of it um it's the one where you go into a um you go into a dream it all takes place in, in the mind space in the mental space. evil within even within, because it takes place in the collective uh, unconscious. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it, it, yeah, it's within is Resident Evil on a new skin. So, uh, so there's it's hard to say anything about Resident Evil that hasn't been said by us or anybody else out there because it is just such an iconic entry into the genre. But it is it is the I'm not going to say the pinnacle because I think obviously as the one of the first of something you can always improve it, on but it has it has all the right stuff all the, the right ingredients and 
Yeah, so I, I think Resident Evil as a as a game series could be called the pinnacle for a specific kind of horror survival. One and two's remakes, real good. Uh, I've been playing second remake, or uh, and it's been it, like I haven't found a horror survival game that gives you as much like visual and tactile response to it, mm-hmm. where like it just it feels good to play. Good. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing good. She is bae. I'm glad you're doing things that are good for you, that make you happy. You're, I'm glad you're not an emotional masochist like the rest of Are you drinking Cayman Jack? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Good for you. Okay. So, but right after Resident Evil, we get another iconic entry into the field. From Konami, we get Silent Hill in 1999. It is by the mastermind that is Kojima. Actually, Hideo Kojima didn't have anything to do with the first one. Oh, that's right. He took over, didn't he? He took over for like um PT. It was PT. PT took over. Hey, don't younger like fucking baby. Don't jump ahead. It's on the outline. Um, I I have like a rant for PT, but we'll get there. So, uh, Konami gets a Silent Hill, which is a kind of really noticeable shift away from the almost B-movie style elements that a lot of these games have been using. And um, even though they've been Japanese games, or a lot of these have been Japanese games, a lot of the really influential ones early on or were these Japanese uh, games, they didn't really rely on any of the things that we would now associate with J-horror or um, like that art house feel that a lot of Japanese horror has. In, um... That's took place in the United States. Raccoon City is set in the United States. Silent Hill is set in the United States. I'm not um, even going to question why another country would choose to put their horror movies in the U.S. I'm yeah, not even going to question that. Yeah, also, like, like if you, I feel like if you're going to do another country's, like, another horror movie in another country, you need to dig deep into their horror, but, like, into, like, their traditional folk horror stories. But, like, that's, which is why I love Korean and Japanese horror movies so much. Um, mm-hmm. But American Horror is, like, basic as fuck. And it's mm-hmm. so easy to make a game around it. Yeah. The whole damn place is built on an Indian burial ground. Of course we've got some horror to talk about. Right. Anyway. Um, so, um, but, so Silent Hill is really the first one that we see that really hones in on this J-horror, art house, atmosphere-heavy style of horror in yeah. a game. And it's one of the reasons for this is one of my favorite things about game development. It's um, load times in an open world are crazy, especially in 99. They're bad enough now when you got buffering and waiting in an elevator cutscenes and stuff like that. Like, it's bad enough now. Um, but back in the day, like, you were adding quote-unquote open world type game where you could walk and the game had to load the setting around you. There was this accidental fog. That's actually, that wasn't accidental. That was on purpose. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't accidental. It was something that they put in to cover up the fact that their game couldn't load the space. So they They filled the space with basically a two, instead of it being a deep fog, they put and keep putting these 2D layers of fog in front of you so that the game has a chance to load. Silent Hill was constantly pushing the boundaries of what the Sony PlayStation could do. Uh, just keep in mind, this came out on Sony PlayStation 1, mm-hmm. uh, the OG. And they were yeah. so like, we want to push this as much as we can. 
but we're like, I don't want to bow bog people down with fucking uh, load times. Let's just throw in some bog over our unfinished like set pieces uh-huh. and run with it. The fog fixes the rendering distance issue, but it also adds in this fucking creepy atmosphere that you can't shake. It feels heavy and cold and wet and mysterious, and you just can't shake this fog, and it's wonderful. And it's per night setting also kind of helps explain the lack of lighting in it and the lack of people in the street. It adds to the disorientation. This game really hones in on that atmosphere of like, what? The surrealism of like, what yeah. the hell is going and on Silent here? Silent Hill kind of set the standard for um, psychological horror. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's not just survival horror, it's also psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big thing for a lot of later on i would be remiss while talking about 1999 if i didn't bring up dino crisis which as my husband so eloquently phrases it is just resident evil with dinosaurs and i've never heard a better pitch for anything in my life right right <laughs> basically blue... anything but with dinosaurs i'm like sign me up yes please. robocop but with dinosaurs terminator um, but with dinos- dinosaurs uh, yeah alien but with dinosaurs Pitch Perfect, but with dinosaurs. <gasps> Pitch Perfect, but with dinosaurs. Charlie, do it. They're all raptors. And, and now you've gotten me to the uh, the ballet raptors, the philosoraptor. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, um, then, about two years later, comes another Japanese classic, Fatal Frame. Yeah, Fatal Frame actually is very interesting because it's one of the uh, J-horror games that really did focus in on that, um, that, style. that Japanese culture. Yeah. Because... It's focused around this little girl who is the, uh, or this teenage girl, who is the daughter of a uh, priestess, who went out to a, um, went out to go do a cleansing or something like that. It's been a while since I played it. Uh, and her older brother actually goes missing during it. So she goes to go find him. And she finds this old um, camera that traps ghost souls in it, which also plays off that uh, weird superstition that cameras trap soul. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so scary, too, because you can't see anything unless you have the camera up. So you constantly have to come that up, but it's exhausting to, like, to do that because they drop it, and then you randomly get attacked if you don't have yeah. it. Um, I had a friend when I worked at um, a company that we're going to call Schmedex Mopis. Um, and I had a, a colleague who I worked with whose uh, husband was from Korea and she was like crazy into these games. And the version of the Fatal Frame game that was on the Wii U, where you had to actually like hold the Wii U up as your camera, she legitimately like yeeted her Wii U across the room one time. I think, I think survival horror in the Wii is the number one sales pitch of TVs. <laughs> it's the I mean, conceptually, it's great. Execution-wise, hmm. So, Fatal Frame is an interesting intro to me because it's got that really awesome game mechanic of the camera and all that stuff, but it still kind of relies on that Haunted Mansion setting. And I just have to ask, um, is Japan riddled with Haunted Mansions? Does Japan think that we're riddled with Haunted Mansions? I don't... Why are they everywhere? We're just devoted to J-Walk. We, I absolutely think we and should just get because i love shit, that shit there's one i can't remember the name of that it just takes place on a fucking island uh and it's so 
it's just interesting. Charlie, it's Japan. They're all islands. <laughs> you guys, I wish you could see the look he's giving me. He's so fucking done. It's great. Okay. Um, so after Fatal Frame, it kind of kicked off. Did you flip me off? I wasn't paying mm. attention. Okay. Um, mm. After Fatal Frame, it kind of kicks off what people have called like a golden age of horror games um, over like the next decade, decade and a half, stretching into mm. two decades. Um, so um, there's a lot of sequels to existing games. We get the Resident Evil franchise, we get Silent Hill sequels and things like this. And some new games start shaking things up. 2005 brings us fear which is a fantastic mix of this fast action and atmosphere. And it uses my favorite, one of my favorite tropes, the scary little girl. Yeah, that's the fucking one where uh, the little girl is the devil. Like, not actually the devil. But she's the bad guy because they've been experimenting on her. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she takes over people's fucking minds and just makes them see shit and do shit. Yeah. That one gave me vertigo, so I didn't play a lot of it. Yeah, um, I, that one's hard for me to watch too. Like, it's one where even just watching it instead of playing it makes There's me super dizzy. It's weird red filter over mm-hmm. it. But that didn't help either. It's iconic, and conceptually, I'm 100% here for it. Um, and then 2008 gave us the first Dead Space game, uh, which kind of gets us back into the sci fi setting because a lot of horror had been grounded very much on Earth. Um, and it's also got one of the most iconic opening, like, monster introductions I've seen because Nathan and I started dating in high school and one of the first things he realized was she's crazy into horror. I'm crazy into video games. Let's watch some, or let's play some horror video games. He, Dead Space 2 had just come out. And so he was like, well, I'm going to play Dead Space 2. Do you want to watch it? And I was like, well, I don't know anything about the first one. He sat me down and made me watch just like the first level, basically, of Dead Space. Like the the intro and then the first interaction with the monster. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. But if they want to go look up a Let's Play or the footage on YouTube, I highly recommend it. Because it's it's real awesome, like, Cronenbergian body horror. And... It also has a, a solid fucking opening track with Smashing uh-huh. Pumpkins. Uh, it's a Bullet with Butterfly, butterfly wings. wings. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's just right up my alley. Dead Space has a special place in my heart because of that, even if we technically never finished the third game in this house. Yeah, don't blame me for it. She got hokey. Yeah. Well, and in like unnecessarily difficult and weird spaces, Nathan got to like the last level and was basically like, I don't even give a fuck anymore. Okay. But then also this decade gives us uh, Left for Dead in 2008, which adds in a multiplayer mechanic. You get to share the scares with your friends and kind of kicks that whole thing off. Left for Dead was particularly scary as much as it was like... um zombie horde frustration you don't think what what's it called the banshee or what what was she called the witches no. you don't think the no. the witch from left for dead is scary realistically yeah they'd be fucking horrifying yeah but the thing the thing i had about it was like the graphics on them were still eh. kind of like cartoony and stylized that i was just like ah. Oh. well anyway that doesn't keep me from wanting there. to like yeah my friends are friends sitting are next there. to me and they're like eating like you remember Chubbs, Brayden, and Jackson? I do. Like, what it was like to have us all in the same room? I do. It was fucking chaotic energy like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um, 
No, but my takeaway from Left for Dead was it's kind of hard sometimes to be immersed when there's people next to you and you know rationally all you got to do is be faster than the guy next to you. So, uh, anyway, so, so I but, challenge but Yuri Zabrowski to be the fastest man in 10 feet. Don't challenge, dude, don't do it. I've seen him live, Charlie. I've seen him do it live. It's crazy. Okay. I challenge him. <laughs> I'm um, three inches shorter. I need this. Are you three inches shorter than him? He's five eight. He is not five eight. That is a lie. <laughs> I thought he was five eight and five five. That's got to be a lie. And if he said it, it's definitely a lie. Anyway, would, he, uh, would that be shorter? Uh, anyway, I know Doesn't you're taller matter. than Charles Manson. We've talked about that. You are taller than Charles Manson. You can hold on to Charles that. Charles Manson, my bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, the next game on my list is one that has a very special place in my heart amnesia the dark descent because this is kind of the beginning of me watching let's plays me watching horror gameplay at all was specifically markiplier playing amnesia the dark descent was something nathan was like oh this is hilarious and it'll scare the crap out of you sit down and watch this and i was hooked um so and between amnesia slender uh the eight pages and um uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, those games kind of all coming out around the same time and YouTube kind of kicking off its Let's Play craziness uh, is really what sucked me into that genre. Of, I still, like, I watch Markiplier and Jacksepticeye and, and channels like that, like, their regular television because I, I they're playing the games that I want to watch. So, but, so Amnesia has a really special place in my heart. And then I know you really had a fun time with Slender the Eight Pages there for a little bit. Yeah, I was playing a lot of the Slender games for a while. The really the biggest issue I had with the Eight Pages shit is you die when you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, way you don't winning. get recorded. Yeah, and it's so annoying. And then a lot of them, they take so long for you to interact with him. I was just like, okay, like I'm, I'm kind of done. But I think Slender the Eight Pages is the quintessential. It's the best uh, one. Yeah. Uh, and so many, like, indie shitty games have come out mimicking that, like Dora the uh-huh. uh, Eight Pages. There's, uh, yeah, it, oh, so God. many parodies and so many ripoffs. And, like, it's in inter- endless entertainment out if you can find that entertaining. It's a good time. Um, one of my other favorite things about Slender was uh, the year that that came out we were doing a haunted house it was our freshman year of college we were doing a haunted house for our dorm hall and uh they were like well nathan you haven't really chipped in any ideas what are you going to be to help scare the people who come through and he's like slender man's in i'm super tall me and that other child guy we're gonna dress like slender man and stand in the corners blair witch style and that's all he did i laid in the floor i got kicked three times for screaming at people it was my job to scream at people. And, I like uh, going to haunted houses. I love. Oh, it was fun. I would do it again. Ten out of ten would do it again, even though so, I got kicked. Well, no, no, I don't go to them because I would fucking tackle someone to the ground. No, okay. So sidebar, but I think it's an important thing to discuss on a horror podcast. Your fight or flight response, or your like your your threat response, is definitely it's always fight. calm. Definitely it's always fight. Calm. Um, mine is a thing called fawning, which is where you attempt to appease whatever the threat is, so it leaves you alone. And, um, the minute I learned that, I was like, oh my god, my life makes so much more sense right now. 
So um, that's a nice little sidebar. Yeah, keep um, that in mind, guys. The reason why there'll be a horror movie actor is when Jason Voorhees comes out, it's all six, six, three hundred pounds of them. You'd see a five foot five, hundred sixty pound, five pound dude trying Russian suplex him. And I'm uh, over there like, Jason, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Your machete looks dull. Would you like that you would already be wearing the <laughs> bomb sweater. Yeah, I'd be like already <laughs> dressed up like Pamela where he's like, oh my, hi, Jason. How can I help you? Can I give you a <laughs> snicker doodle? I don't know why I just made Jason's mom Jewish. <laughs> I think that, hmm. It's a little problematic, I think. Let it, yeah. Um... <laughs> But is it? But is it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out. Um, Outlast (laughs) comes out in 2013. Outlast. Fuck Outlast. Is so fucking scary. (laughs) Outlast. Outlast did not scare me till the doll maker scene, and it made my cock cringe, which is a hard thing to do because literally just a yeah, because it's just a dude running your player towards a saw blade that slits you just up in the middle enough to like give you make a you range. a doll yeah yeah and uh, and you know you know he's doing stuff to those corpses later yeah it was just it's just too it was too much at like, last I, is visceral and terrifying and gross and like genuinely horrific in ways that are like I know it, it, it. there is a larger-than-lifeness about it, but some of the stuff that's going on in the game is like, no, that's too real. You've genuinely you scared me because it's too real. Have you seen um, the footage for Outlast 2? I've seen, yeah, I've seen Outlast 2. With the cult. Or, uh, yeah, the cult one fucks with me so much because there's so many, like, babies nailed to walls and shit. Yeah. That yeah. I was just like, okay, like... I understand what you're going for, and I appreciate the concept, but I did not need to see this today. Here's what I'm going to say. It might be a generalization. If you like the Hostel movies, or Cannibal Holocaust, or... or, Yeah, yeah. any Well, I... Saw is kind of... Whatever. Um, But Mm. if if the Hostel movies, um, Cannibal Holocaust, movies like that are up your alley, Outlast and Outlast 2 would be cakewalk for you you'd you'd, yeah. you'd enjoy that you'd dig it um, I, have, I have a pretty high threshold for shit like that and both outlasts had their moments where i was like yeah i'm gonna need to set this controller down for a little bit uh they weren't too much for me but i did watch them with my hands over my face like between my fingers uh the whole time but i had a great time doing it uh which is also how i watched cannibal holocaust and hostel like actually that's not true Cannibal Holocaust, I definitely watched from between my fingers, but Hostel, I just watched bored at the top of my bunk bed in sophomore year of high school. Yeah, unimpressed. Doesn't do anything for me. I mean, well, I like the second Hostel because the hunted become or the yeah the hunted. It also leads in with uh, one of the dudes getting stabbed in the neck and a fucking. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's been a while. It was one of those like one and done views. I didn't need to see it again. Anyway, and then in two thousand, that was two thousand thirteen. 10 out of 10 would watch someone else play Outlast again. I, In fact, that might be what I do this weekend. But then in 2014 comes one of my favorite horror survival horror games. And it's one of your favorites. It's one of Nathan's favorites. It's one of the industry's favorites. And it harkens back to one of the very first ones we talked about. Alien Isolation. 
comes out in 2014 and it is the culmination of so many of the classics we talked about it's the same setting and plot basically as Nostromo you're on the alien spaceship and you're trying to escape the alien and you have to hide and try to uh, evade the alien yeah sure Nostromo didn't have the cyborgs and didn't have a whole lot of character development and you weren't Ellen Ripley's daughter but you had the same element the same setting and it's pulling from the same great inspiration and then you tack on to that the mostly helpless character who needs to hide and be strategic like in the clock tower series atmosphere and some puzzles like with silent hill and resident evil and alien isolation just like ticks all the boxes for me Mm -hmm. so here's the the question i have for you do you think because alien and predator are typically said in the same conversation do you think they could make a Predator video game that could be scary? Uh, I don't know about scary because to me, Predator is inherently about the conflict between man and be- or man and Predator. And mm-hmm. so it's inherently more action-y. And I think what makes Alien Isolation scary specifically is that you're, most of the game is the hiding, the running, the helplessness. You do eventually get the ability to fight back against some of the threats, but not all of them. And I just think that the predator dynamic is more based on the like actual physical conflict. So I don't I know if actually, it would be as scary. I think if you establish the main character as being a badass, like the tutorial part of the game is them being a badass because predators only hunt them. Mm-hmm. And then have the predator's presence in the game be so overwhelming that it just it strips them of all of that. Yeah. And they might as well just be a normal person running for their lives and you put them in such an environment or you make them just a normal person. And what it actually is, is that they're carrying a xenomorph and that's why it's hunting them. Interesting. It's a stray xenomorph and that's the twist ending. Okay. Like that's interesting. But um, I was about to say, I was about to say the best thing you could do for uh, a predator style game would be to make it so that someone it's multiplayer and someone is the predator and everybody else are the hunters but then i was like wait a second prey exists yeah or it existed evolve, evolve, evolve. exists yeah um but I, I can't believe i didn't put it on the list here but the uh Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th game, game uh i think it's uh god it's not until dawn it's um Trying to remember the name. It's a Seven map. Days it's a, to Die is another let me, one. Let me Google that real quick. Um, but yeah, there there are games where it's multiplayer and it's designed to be one member of the party is the killer and the other Dead by Daylight. The, Dead by Daylight. Um, mm-hmm. Which I've shouted at Markiplier a couple of times, but endlessly I could watch Markiplier and his friends play those games. Um Specifically, the last one on my list is Phasmophobia, which just came out, and that's like a ghost hunting game, and that is so much fun to watch, and if you know anything about the paranormal, it's kind of fun to be like, well, what an interesting interpretation of a banshee. Anyway, um, but so, so again, like, I promise, well, actually, I'm about to lie. I was about to say that that was my last shout out for them, but it probably won't be. So anyway, I think Alien isolation ticks all the boxes it pulls the right stuff from its predecessors and makes a better game one of the best horror games to come out in that decade mm-hmm. easily so you, top you, shout, you keep shouting out markiplier i will give you a counter to that 
Jesse Cox and the Scary Game Squad. Oh, uh, yes. It's a bunch of grown men getting drunk on um, uh, act, not aftermarket, uh, non-name brand Jack Daniels, which is a thing, and uh, playing different horror games and getting scared shitless. They play Fatal Frame. They play uh, PT. They play Silent uh, Hill. They play Resident Evil. They play a couple older ones too. Um, mm-hmm. I date uh, Ex Mortis is one of the ones they play, which is a stick figure game. Uh, really recommend it. Uh, personally, to you, Katie, that is my challenge to you. Don't go watch Markiplier. Watch Jesse Cox, and I'll watch some Markiplier because that's also what I do. I was like, don't uh, tell me you- what to do. Gerard the Completionist is on it with them. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I love, I know who Jesse is because I've watched mm-hmm. Gerard. So, um, in, in the Game Grumps and all that, like that whole circle I love of the Game gamers, Grumps, uh, um, a good game. <laughs> he's the uh, game developer who realizes he started a cult and is just thinking about ending his life. Yeah, I love them. I, I really love them. This was the episode to shout out all of the YouTubers who I watch obsessively. And you shouted out Henry Zabrowski. There so are a couple like more that I'll, I'll post in the Instagram thing that do history on video on these games. One of mm-hmm. them is actually related to Koji. Um, anyway, so um, Alien Isolation, wonderful. We've talked about Evil Within, which you would counter is like a spiritual successor to that Resident Evil vibe. Yeah, uh, it gives you that the feel of Resident Evil, of not Resident Evil, and Resident Evil and Silent Hill, to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. for the better part of it, until you, like right up until you get the gun, you're kind of fucking useless. Like run, and like hit and run tactics are your best friend, man. And it's um, like equal parts psychological, like what the hell is going on, as it is like physical. Mm-hmm. And uh, even within two is very much more so because you're you're going into it knowing you're going into the dream space, but it still still really has that. Uh, like that spiritual successor to the first two and three yeah first two and three Resident Evils or yeah because there's a Resident Evil Zero so Mm -hmm. Um, and then also that was in 2014 and then also in 2014 we get what could be the biggest horror game cock tease in history PT a playable trailer by Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro of all people Team up for the ultimate tease, a playable horror trailer for a Silent Hill game that was axed by Konami. Um, yeah, Konami so... even went so far after the fallout with Kojima to remove the ga- game, uh, the trailer, this playable trailer from the PlayStation Store and remove users' ability to reinstall it even if they had previously downloaded it. So unless you had it currently downloaded, it ain't out there anymore. So, because... Actually, so two things. One, uh, that game is completely random. There is no set way to achieve anything. It just completely shuffles around. I know, time. I love it. Two, it is out there. This dude, this saint of a person who I will post in the Instagram with a link, uh, spent I don't even know how many hours doing a shot-for-shot recreation of the game, reskinned the textures as much as he could, redid as much as he could of it. It's almost like unless you played PT endlessly, you aren't going to notice the you difference. You won't notice the difference. But the issue is, is it is behind a fifteen dollar pay uh, paywall on Patreon because Sony and Konami were going to sue. So, but because it's beyond that paywall and it's his work via Patreon rules, you can still download it on PC. 
I will shout out that dude's name in the Instagram uh, for everyone and every anyone and everyone who wants to play this. It's fucking lit. Um, and just shout out to that big dick hero for taking the time good to do that. for that human. Good for him because PT was freaking terrifying, atmospheric, and just wonderful. It sucks you in immediately. Um, you're not in a haunted mansion for one. You're in a haunted small house, which may as well be a mansion. The way the rooms keep shuffling around like Shit fucking Harry fucking Potter nice staircases. Too. That's like upper middle class suburbia. Yeah, I noticed the bathrooms in PT are like really nice, especially when you look in the sink and there's a baby. There's just sinks. a bloody fetus. That's not good money when you got that fetus sink. Yeah. Yeah, they can afford fetus sinks, right? Like, it's yeah. a nice house. Um, Johnny, so P- what are you doing? You can't afford the fetus sink. You're going to have to pay them up, Johnny. The fetus are sink. Are you happy not like your brother, Mark. He's got five fetus sinks. He's got <laughs> the one big fetus sink. Hold that 20 fetuses. Fetus sink. Okay. Um, you have to keep every second of that in. Okay. Well, it, my point is, PT's fucking wonderful, and because Konami and Kojima are like bah, 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 at each other is mostly Konami. Um. Uh. Because Kojima could give a fuck. Um. He played a video game if you walk the length of the United States. Okay. So here's this the thing. Instead no of PT, we got what's Let the name Google of the game? It. Fuck, um, what's the name of the game? Uh, Silent is, uh, no. Rain something. Uh, Kojima. You're gonna have to cut all of this. Uh, Death Stranding. Yeah, okay, so. Oh, uh, Kojima also did Metal Gear Solid, if you weren't familiar yeah, with that. Yeah, so, so Kojima, we could have gotten PT from Kojima and Guillermo del Toro, but instead we got Death Stranding. And it's a divisive game. I love yeah. Lord of the Rings, but I don't know if I want to play it, a walking simulator. So I think mean, the cutscene movie is good. They really should have just made a uh, movie out of it. A movie? They, mm-hmm. I mean, you think Guillermo del Toro could have just made a movie? What a novel concept. Anyway, uh, but much love. They put work into it. It's awesome. People love it. But I could have had the game that PT would have been, and I'm going to mm-hmm. die mad about it. With okay? Norman Reedus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to die mad about it. It's fine. Oh, you know who Norman Reedus would be really good as? Huh? Gambit. You're so right. You let him grow his hair out even longer, let him keep the scruff, and just call everybody Cher in a uh, southern Louisiana accent. And then you bring in uh, the guy who played Rick as his brother. Charlie? Mm-hmm. Why, why does it always get to the comic books? Because I have a problem, and we haven't done an episode on comics yet. All right. We will. It's coming. You know you're doing the outline anyway. Um, so from PT, we move on to 2015. A year later, we get Until Dawn, which we've name-dropped a few times. From Supermassive Games, it is a glorified interactive CGI film. I'm going to say it. They took. I, I will give you this. There, You do press buttons. They took the worst part of other games, quick time events, and made a whole game around it. And like uh, branching and relationships, like uh, this character will remember this shit. Um, yeah, I like yeah. It quick time events to... and character relationships and fucking um, escort missions. They took the and, worst yeah. parts of other games. And Man like... of Medan, the sequel from the same makers, adds in a water level. I will give. Okay, here's the thing. 
uh, between Until Dawn and the uh, Dreadful Pictures or whatever they're called? Um, I believe do, 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 the Dark Pictures, yes. Dark Pictures. I will I will give Until Dawn a leg up on this. Oh, it's Un- better. Until Dawn is better. They have For the sure. balls to fucking make their big bad real. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they went with an offshoot, un- like relatively unknown monster uh, in pop cult and popular culture, that they went the Wendigo, and they pop they helped popularize it. Yeah, Supernatural did some shit in like episode two. Uh, Hannibal also Hannibal had to go with the Wendigo, but Wendigo from the Wendigo from Until Dawn is probably the most accurate representation of a Wendigo. Also, the movie Horns coming out sometime in the future. It's a movie about Wendigo. Super interesting. I don't remember what the what the name of the book is that it's based off of. I think it's just Horns. Yeah, so I your know. problem with the Dark Pictures successors to uh, Until Dawn is that in both of them that come out, spoiler alert, I'm out. gonna let, let, let's put this spoiler alert here. In the two that have come out, mm-hmm. The ending in both of them is that it's not what you thought it was. It's not the yeah. supernatural thing. Okay. Yeah. And I mm. liked, I hated Man of Medan. Uh, I liked the uh, one with the witches, uh, but Nathan took your side on that. So I guess I'm wrong. Um, so that the, it being all in the guy's head was a shitty ending, I guess. Yeah. Cause it gives no stakes to the entire game. It's like the nun of, um, it's, it kind of has, has the same effect to me as the nun did. Where in the Nun of the uh, Conjuring series, mm-hmm. everyone in the in the monster is already dead, and it's the Nun fucking with the priest and the other Nun who comes to figure it out. So it gives no stakes to the entire thing of like, oh, it like this none of this fucking matters. Or also, yeah. why was the Nun helping them? So I guess what you're saying is you don't like endings that cause an existential crisis that makes you wonder what the hell in life actually matters. No, because I didn't have that. No, I actually appreciate those. Uh, I just don't think that... Well, the nun didn't have that, and neither did uh, Little Nightmares, or whatever the fuck it was called. I'm not going to remember the name. Was it Hope? Little Hope? Little Hope. Little Hope was the name in the second game by uh, Pic- uh, Dark Pictures. And I just didn't feel like it had that, because it didn't have any stakes to it. Every time you're having that char- like one of the characters who isn't the main character survive a fucking interaction, it... Really, like you spent time practicing that, or like being scared of that, and you realize it didn't matter. Yeah. And even more so, I didn't know who the main character was till like three fourths of the fucking game. Yeah. Because it focuses on so many of them that I like. I like by the time I was halfway through, I knew what the ending was going to be. I did. I would say narratively with Little Hope, I did have a problem with if the twist ending is going to be it was all in his head, then the whole thing needed to have him present for it. Otherwise, it's stupid. And it, yeah, you know, it doesn't make sense as a twist. Yeah. Um, so I was it's hoping, kinda... I held out, I had, I was holding out hope that it was actually a reincarnation curse. That would have been cool. It was it people who were involved in the original Salem Witch Trials or part of that offshoot. So we'll get into that in a different fucking episode. Oh my God. Do you want me to get into the Witch Trials? Because I could get into the Witch Trials. The grooviest people in history were murdered. Yeah. Uh, as a such, and I wanted it so much to be that because that would have been so much more interesting. Is each incarnation of those people have to make right that cur- like that curse somehow, some way, and every time they fail, they die in a similar way to how they were killed originally. 
mm-hmm. that would have been bitching. But I still, yeah. I, I have to remember that we had a massive mental illness issue in the United States. Yeah, and I guess the real scary thing is how his mental illness was allowed to go unchecked because there wasn't a support system for it. Well, that's the, well, that's the thing, actually. I, say, I think he actually had, I think he was functioning, but being back in the town just triggered a, a massive disassociative episode followed by several different uh, tactile and visual and auditory hallucinations. Yeah. So it was a full-on psychotic, like it was a full-on psychotic break followed by a dissociation to the point where he couldn't remember that he was from that town. It's not so much scary as it is sad now that you say it that way. Yeah, it was like a temporary um, split personality disorder or disassociative identity disorder. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, um, the, but the, all of that is to say that Until Dawn was better. Mm-hmm. Because Wendigos. Um, yeah, well, but also, then, just the actual... Like the fucking uncanny valley, yeah. Your shit is so weird, and until Dawn is a lot better, but it's like narratively, it's stronger. The acting is stronger. Uh, they I pay- feel like the facial animation in Until Dawn is stylized in a way where it's not quite uncanny valley anymore. It's a little cartoony, which helps it age better. Yeah, but they uh, also paid the money for Hayden Panettiere. Uh, yeah, and the guy who played Ward on um, Agent, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Freddy, and the guy who played Freddie Mercury. <gasps> forgot Rami Malek was in that. Dude! You're welcome. Forgot about that. Okay. Uh, well, I don't um, remember who the other people were. Speaking of games that are settled, not quite in the Uncanny Valley, but did develop their graphics significantly better, we get to the last two entries that we've gotten for the Resident Evil series. Seven, Biohazard, and the remake number two, which you've already talked about how much you love. Yeah, Biohazard is uh, is Resident Evil getting back to their roots, and I'm super excited to see uh, the new Resident Evil that comes out, because it looks like it's getting mm-hmm. back to that kind of fucking setup, which I appreciate. Uh, and you spend so much of that game really having to focus on your inventory management of the pistol, because once you're out, you go straight back to that knife. And they keep you from really getting a super effective firearm for a long time. Um, so that's also a thing to keep in mind. Um, also, that rural fucking setting, because it all takes place in like a house in a swamp in Louisiana or in Florida. Yeah. So it's it's, pr- it's pretty fucking rough. It's in it in Florida? Florida, Louisiana, some shit like that. Okay. Florida makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because the... <laughs> Well, I don't want to ruin the ending for it, but I, I, like it would have had to been in one of those states because it has the um, bayou system mm-hmm. and the stuff where the Deus Ex Machina shows up in, um, or the MacGuffin, yeah. I guess. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's more MacGuffin. Um, but then you get Resident Evil 2, which is the remake where they did a lot of reskins. Uh, they took away one of Jill Valentine's, like... They took they took some stuff away from Jill Valentine, but I, I like I think it was the motorcycle jacket. But honestly, fuck it. Uh, they made the character. She's not running sh- around in a tube top and a mini skirt anymore. It's much more realistic. Uh, all the characters look so much better. Leon Kennedy looks better. Uh, Jill looks better. Carlos looks better. Uh, Carlos didn't look like anything back in the fucking original, and now this man has some majestic fucking hair. Uh, they made Nemesis look scarier, which is kind of hard to do. They gave uh, it a fucking final form. Right. Uh, you get Nimadog, 
owner of the Nimidog Dividum. <laughs> Doug Dividum? <laughs> Doug Dividum. Uh, oh my gosh, you miss you said Doom and I didn't even mention Doom. Yeah, how Doom. did I not how I did I make Doom it this far? It's more of an action survivor. game, but there Doom is, is not horror surviving. No, it is not, but it it's it's definitely more square in the action, but I feel like Doom is worth mentioning. Doom because hell. Doom gets like, an yeah. honorable mention. It it's in a different genre, but it's there's some horror elements there. Mm-hmm. Except I will say the difference between Doom and a horror survival game is in a horror survival game you're worried if you're gonna survive and in Doom, you're the Doom guy. Okay. It's not a question. I also, I also mentioned mentioned um uh Warden Steels, mm-hmm. uh the serial killer in um or no, it's uh Irons. Is the guy's na- last name? I can't remember what his title was. I know I said it earlier in the thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, Irons is the uh, or Captain Irons, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. is the um, is a serial killer, and you play Sherry Birkin, a little girl in the game who's having to escape him, and they have you like hiding behind fucking desks and shit while he's coming around with a fucking like flashlight hunting. That is that is in some real shit. This is one of the few parts of the game where you can't defend yourself. And, and that's the scary thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, have... what you said reminded me of another game I didn't put on the list. Yep. Last of Us. Yeah, Last of Us. And I also don't know if Last of Us counts. Um, it's definitely a survival game. It's definitely in this. I feel like it's more survival action. Like Tomb Raider is survival action. Some parts of Red Dead, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. But you tell me that that spoiler alert again, people. But if the la- if the sequel's out, I'm not going to do a spoiler alert for it. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but the scene at, at, towards the end when Ellie is hiding in that like kitchen restaurant ish area from the guy who is looking to catch her, sexually assault mm-hmm. her, and cannibalize her. You don't think that that's a horror scene? Well, no, it's definitely a horror <laughs> scene. I'm talking about the overarching theme of the game. Mm-hmm. Rick, uh, Last of Us Two is a revenge tale. Oh yeah. And then uh, Last of Us 1 is uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, modern day. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite tropes outside of horror. Um. Is Lone Wolf and Cub. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Uh huh. You don't think seeing Geralt and Siri doesn't make me squee every time? Yeah. If you're not familiar with what Lone Wolf and Cub is, Lone Wolf and Cub was a movie slash manga series in Japan about a. Uh, Ronin, who is tasked with protecting a infant, and essentially would walk around with a fuel era Japanese baby stroller and have it like papusa onto him. The Mandalorian, uh, for example. And uh, like kill motherfuckers while this baby is attached to him. Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, and the Mandalorian. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's that. But I I agree that Last of Us Baby isn't particularly horrifying, but it definitely has its moments. And it's the shit. bad guys, it, it is monsters and zombies, so you got to give it that. But um, ten out of ten, Last of Us is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. Second one was really heavy. Oh yeah, kind of hard, hard, mm-hmm. hard to hard to watch. I played the uh, first, like, uh, hour, and then I put my controller down, because I was like, you know what? I'm gonna need to be drinking. <laughs> yeah. Nathan Nathan made it a little bit in, and he was like, this makes me sad. <laughs> like, this, this, the, the sadness to enjoyable level on this is a little out of whack. I need to be in a different headspace. Especially that ending. 
Yeah. Um, and then that brings us to date where we have phasmophobia, which I already talked about, but it, it I thoroughly enjoy watching people play that because it's ghost hunting. It's your one of your favorite things, which is like the only excuse these people have to be in this abandoned setting is that they're ghost hunting and then shit fucks them up and it's fun. Um, and it's doesn't necessarily start out that scary, but then the longer people are playing, the scarier it gets and it's funny. But then suddenly the lights start flickering and everybody has to duck for cover because a fucking poltergeist is coming for them or whatever. And it's so, so scary. Man, can you imagine what it would be like to be a ghost? Um, can I imagine what it would be like to be a ghost? Um, this is a question. Ghost, what kind of ghost would you be? What kind of ghost would I be? Banshee. I meant personality. Uh, well, I mean, I think maybe probably Poltergeist, maybe because it's like childlike and throws things, but only sometimes and it's playful. Um, <laughs> like maybe, maybe a Poltergeist. You're asking me on a really bad day, Charlie. I warned you before we sat down to record that I was having a, like a grade A ADHD, like level Where? red warning day. And uh, you were now you're asking I know what me. I did. I I can't answer you because today the answer is poltergeist. Tomorrow, when I come down from this, the answer is one hundred percent banshee because I'm gonna want to scream at anybody in my face. Um, so I would probably be either a poltergeist or like um, a po- I would honestly probably be a mixture of a poltergeist and the ones that just show up and like look at you and are just like um, <laughs> just flips you up. Or a love, like just remind you that this is my house, uh, that I'll be here long after you die. Uh, maybe like a lubricant, where it's like as long as you are in this house, uh, nothing will fuck with you. Ah, uh, like a kind of like a domovoi, but not a goblin like mm-hmm. troll creature thingy. Troll is, is not the right word. Which is but... a very accurate representation of uh, who I am just as a person. Yeah, I kind of feel like a domovoy. I'm like, I am the protector of this home, and I also feel like an old man with a beard who lives under the cupboard. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> like, because, like, imagine, imagine being a burglar breaking into a house with a protected poltergeist. Right. How fucked you would be. It's, <gasps> it's Casper meets Home Alone. I'm just thinking. Charlie, oh, more, pitch it. More like pitch it. So what you have is the boy from Home Alone is actually Casper. Yeah, he that's actually what I meant. Died. Yes. So what you get is his family still lives in the home, and that's why they ignore him, and that's why they yell. I can't remember the name of the kid. It's the others. Uh, it's uh, the Macaulay others. Culkin's character. So so it's it's Home Alone plus the others plus Casper. Mm-hmm. I and love so this. Every every Christmas when his family goes away because they can't stand to be home because that's he what happens. He guards the house and when those burglars come, he's just like, no, not my house, motherfucker. But he's so strong enough now because his family just entirely lives there. So it's just the positive energy. He can leave the house. And that's when he goes to see the old man with the birds. He's like, oh, I, I know about your daughter. I'm so ready. Or your granddaughter. I'm uh, so ready for holiday time now because I'm going to watch this movie through a completely different lens. It's not the right lens, but it's the lens I'm choosing to put on this. But no, I was, I was thinking more pers- my personal style is it would be like having um, Julia Child as a ghost where you come home 
and the house is clean and uh or more, maybe more like the butler from fresh prince of bel-air the level of sass where uh the house is clean the food is cooked but like if someone tries to break into the house where you're asleep or while you're not home it's going to be like john wick levels of home defense okay so that's the type of ghost you'd be and my answer was poltergeist hi kids hi hello um, um in my defense it's friday the 13th of tomorrow's a new moon i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying the energies mm-hmm. oh it's a full moon tonight isn't it no it's a new moon tomorrow night which is a different type of chaotic energy fair uh but yeah so thank you guys for uh joining us on this um fucking chaotic episode as we talked about horror video games and again um as we if you guys want to see us try and stitch together viable playthroughs of video games, uh, let us know. We could probably put those out at a more regular basis than podcasts because it's not there's not as much editing in them. To be honest with you, you're making uh, promises that we can't keep. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to move back to Oklahoma, and I don't think you want to move to Houston. Uh, but we can always do it over Discord, so that's always that's true. true. Discord's always a thing. But yeah, we could also probably get your husband involved, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for joining us. Um, join us next week as we talk about God knows what. Um, I'll let you know when I know. Is that how you're going to sign out? That is it? That's how you want to go? Bye! Bye.